When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, Art History Babes listeners. Few updates for y'all. First off, our New York City trip extravaganza has been moved. We were originally going to be meeting up in New York City uh, this month, but the dates were difficult for a lot of people. So we listened to y'all and we moved the trip to May 27th to June 1st of 2020. So kick off the summer by coming to New York City with the Art History Babes. We're going to look at so much art. We're going to make art. We're going to drink wine and eat good food and explore the city. I'm really, really looking forward to it, and I hope as many of you as possible can join. Head to likemindstravel.com to see all the different options we have. We also have a locals meetup option if you're a New York City local, and lots of different package options, so check that out and grab your spot. Hope to see you there. Also, we have some new merchandise up on the Art History Babe store, including my personal favorite, Life is short, art is long stickers. I currently have one on my phone and on my computer. They're super cute. So head over to arthistorybabes.com slash merchandise to check those out and grab yourself a handful of them because you're going to want to stick them on everything. Also, we are in the middle of working on a Patreon reboot. So for all of you lovely patrons out there or any listeners thinking about becoming patrons, just giving you a heads up. We are revamping our whole Patreon, and we are very excited about some of the new perks we're going to be adding. So just giving you kind of a heads up there as to, one, why there haven't been many recent bonus episodes, but there is still a huge backlog, so you can always go and listen to those. Thank you again to all of our patrons for your continued support, um, without which we really would not be able to do this. And finally, be sure to check out artandobject.com, an amazing resource for all things contemporary art. Lots of contemporary art news as well as art historical information. They got podcasts on there like us. Uh, check it out, artandobject.com. And finally, it is December, so we are doing re-releases of all of our festive holiday episodes, starting with our first holiday special, originally released December 21st, 2016. Enjoy! Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. Yeah, yeah. And today we have a special holiday magic episode. We do. (laughs) We're drinking eggnog. Yeah, with nutmeg in it. Yeah, I, I inhaled a little when I said that, so... I think it came across all right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, they're I, delicious. I, I didn't even seasonal. pick that up. No, it's very good. Seasonal beverages. Fun fact about eggnog. The nog 
in eggnog comes from the term grog. So basically eggnog inherently like has alcohol in it. So the drink that we like buy at the store called eggnog isn't actually eggnog. It's just like egg, eggy, creamy stuff. Mm. Fun fact. You know, Interesting. I'm so glad that I like eggnog again because I used to work at Starbucks <laughs> and we would have the eggnog latte in the winter months <laughs> and it produces the foulest smell just when it's like <laughs> sitting in the air and it little particles of it get in your apron and you know just smelling it all day yeah just made I can me imagine hate it but I haven't worked there in like six years so I think I'm okay now <laughs> when I was a barista we also had like eggnog mix from the holiday season and we tried to come up with new exciting like holiday drinks and I, like we didn't really sell a lot of the eggnog mix around Christmas. And so when Easter came around, we got really creative and Whoa. I concocted <laughs> I concocted a Cadbury egg latte. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty wow. fun. Yeah, I don't remember what was all in it. It was the eggnog mix. There was mocha chocolate in it. There was something else because we kind of had to balance it. I think maybe some vanilla or something, but sure. it was alchemy, basically. <laughs> basically, it was alchemy. Yeah, you know what's um, real good are cold eggnog drinks, like eggnog frappes. They're really good. <laughs> They're actually really good. I would say get creative with your eggnog drinks and be careful, you know, because the eggnog does a pretty good job of masking how much <laughs> you really, liquor is in true. the eggnog. You really can't taste the alcohol at all because no. it's so thick. I had a pretty intense eggnog experience very recently, so yeah. be aware. <laughs> be aware. You of came the out nog. on the other side of that. Yeah. But it was like harrowing for sure. <laughs> my, my ankle still hurts. Oh my. So. I'm uncomfortable right now. Um, anyway, let's talk about some Christmas stuff. Yeah. Some- so our Christmas episode, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Kay Nielsen. And Who's yes. amazing. Who is full of magic. And then we're also going to talk about some mythical Christmas figures you might not be as familiar with. Mm -hmm. But first, I found, earlier today, I found this link to 43 interesting vintage snapshots (laughs) captured middle-aged women posing next to Christmas trees from the 50s and the 60s. It's so good. It's really good, though. So we're just going to look, and we'll post this, obviously, on the website. You gotta see Um, it. But, I mean, they're really pretty magical. They're so just authentically vintage it's pretty fantastic so we're just gonna scan through these oh these ladies are just so great they are like, they're just fabulous yeah fabulous is like the best word for it it's she's a- wearing like a lace short nighty, and that tree is <laughs> looks like it's made of foil <laughs> that was the style for a while that the like tree kind the- of foil tree oh, yeah oh well her style is timeless <laughs> for sure then check this this dress out. This oh, is a gown. She's beautiful. a Christmas prom princess. Yeah, for real. And then, oh, look at that, oh like, she's, genuine smile. She's classy. She's, she's classy. enjoying she's, her eggnog. I like she's that. Very happy. Emerald green dress. Look at the onions. There's just onions. Oh, look wow. at that dog. <laughs> oh, the pup. There's a pup. There's this lady. <laughs> this lady's not quite in the holiday spirit, no. but she still posed. She has for her an picture. elevated Christmas tree. That's yeah. it's like on a stage. There's a little. Oh, we had that when I was oh, a, a kid. Train a train set going, going around. We used to have one too. Oh, I want to 
wonder where that is. That was fun. That's in the (laughs) recesses of, like, my parents' attic. This lady. She is a queen. Yeah. (laughs) It's like purple-gray hair. She's a Christmas queen. It's all hues of purple and pink, everything. That is that picture. creepy-ass bear. Yeah, that is terrifying. looks like it's about to kiss her ass. Yeah. We we were looking through these earlier, and Jen, when I came on this one, Jen was like, it looks like she just threw the most bomb Christmas party, like, in the neighborhood. Like, you know she killed it. It was the party of the year. Christmas party. (laughs) Doesn't even matter that it was a Christmas party. It was the best party that happened that year. (gasps) Oh, Oh, my God. This woman's hair is so fierce. It's so amazing. And she's wearing this awesome like sateen <laughs> shiny black dress it's got like this belt thing going on it's very so, very disco so very dope. Dope. yeah very cool <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have some thoughts on this one oh, look at all that tinsel by the way damn. it's like more tinsel than tree Tinsel, I kind of hate. There were, like, hey, you can never ass. clean it up it, all the way. I'm glad that's not like popular anymore. I think you'll find it just my, everywhere. Yeah, I, I remember it being broken out a few times when I was a kid, and I think my parents were like, "Oh, better to not do this again." Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, I haven't seen tinsel in a minute, though. I don't think yeah, right. A, a, a big. It's, I don't think it has been for a while. There. It's out there. You can still get it. But it, it it's was kind of like glitter in the sense that yeah. You know, Totally. Like, do you really want it? I used to just put it on my hair. Nice. And braid it oh. into my hair. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, dope. That sounds so cool. I would cool. buy yeah. some now to braid into my hair. You look like a 2000s pop star. Yes. That's perfect. What more could you yeah, want? Yeah, for yeah. real. Ooh. We got another. Dang. Those look like that, that tree looks like it's made from a bunch of recycled bottles. Yeah. <laughs> this was probably grandma's like culmination of a couple months of working on a hobby. Ooh, a pupper. Oh, wow. It's look a little wiener boy. Wow. He's a chubby little wiener boy. With his mommy. That's so cute. Ooh. Oh. Look at that, like, flower crown. That's... These women are so awesome. They are. They're... You know what this is? This is so, like, um, it's like, uh, what's, what, what are the words I'm looking for? Like, domestic goddess. Yeah, I'm there like, we go. a domestic goddess vibe. Like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> I put this tree up. I decided where it was going to go. Right? I, I like that a lot. All these... All these decorations, that was me. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> there this one woman looks kind of like like this looks vaguely uh, seductive. Like this is, yeah. this is seductive. But even though she's wearing like long underwear, right? Yeah. Isn't she? Long johns. Yeah. Long johns with a short red skirt and an elf's hat and red gloves. She's holding She's this goblet. She is working it. She went all out with her. This is great. Her outfit. God, oh, I love it. That's just a nice, wholesome. There's, she looks like Jackie O. She does. Wow. Her her tree's kind of lacking, though. Let's yeah, be real. That tree's, that's a rough. It just tree. looks like you a, could just see the pole in the middle. <laughs> is that a yeah? No, that's a sad tree. That's a, that's a sad tree. I don't tree. really dig that tree. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, fine. She did not want to get up, though. She did not want to take that picture. Oh, this lady. Wow. Wow. That is a wrapping paper dress. She kind of looks like she might have killed someone. Yeah, maybe. 
probably. I don't know. It's a lot of color. Oh, oh, that one's wow. just magical. <laughs> She's just looking at that tree like, this is the best day ever. Oh, look at this cutie. Oh. Another one of another Christmas prom dress. Yeah, she's she's you know, going. To, I think I'm going to wear a prom dress to Christmas this year. You guys are those a bunch of tennis balls? No, no, no. They're, they're white. Just white orbs. I bet that dog thought they were balls. That's yeah, he looks like he is as high as hell. <laughs> he looks as old as time. That's true. Right? That's true. That's true. He probably didn't, he didn't see them. He has nothing to do with this endeavor. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. She looks shocked to be having her picture taken, but no, 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 that it, dress. It looks coy. It looks like she got caught <laughs> oh. lifting up her dress to fix her stocking. And someone I bet took that's a picture. What was intended. And she was like, <gasps> and oh. it's like all set up to look like this in the moment sort of like oh, yeah. voyeur. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. Wow. Trey Classe. Uh-huh. That color, though, it, it just. Pops against that shiny tree. I want to be one of these ladies one day, you guys. <laughs> you know, I, you, rare is it that you see a woman wearing lipstick that matches her dress That's anymore. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Damn. That is very true. So- Ooh. <laughs> there. Just peeking out. Peeking out through hey. the branches. <laughs> like, this one creates an air of mystery. <laughs> <gasps> Just peeking through there. That's a good quality photo, though, for the time. Seriously. Yeah. It's very clear. I'm not convinced that that wasn't taken last year. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, oh, man. These are great, you guys. I cannot... Oh, recommend this gallery enough <laughs> it's pretty fantastic yeah and they're just so authentically oh that one's just beautiful that is, is she wearing is. like a face mask or something it's probably just white makeup it's just a lot of makeup <laughs> yeah whoa <laughs> speaking of a lot of makeup i dig i dig shit. the whole vibe here Damn. whatever's happening here. whatever oh, this is I she has like a it. cigarette holder yeah for real and a beret. she's like hurry up and take the picture johnny <laughs> <laughs> come on the Roast is burning. <laughs> Ooh. Damn. Oh, that oh, is a stoic. That, that's a bush. What is that? That's not a... Like, yeah. That's, like, a, that's a crazy tree. A snowy bush. That's, yeah. <laughs> that tree just got dragged in from outdoors like, <laughs> five minutes before. Oh, man. So many presents. Oh, wow. Wow. Someone had a lucrative Christmas yeah. that year. You know what? That makes or me... Or a demanding only child. Yeah. <laughs> You know what it is? My family used to do this. Just get like every box from everything that you've saved up all year and just put one thing in like a big ass box. Yeah. So everything just looked huge, but then yeah. you open it and it was just like a ton, like a, you know, Barbie or something. But it's in a big ass box. You're just like, what the fuck? You tricked me. <laughs> oh man. This is a, it's a great gallery. It is. Um, Simply delightful. Yeah. Y'all should check it out. I feel like Christmas isn't that cool anymore. I mean, is that just me? Am I? I'm feeling like I'm missing the magic. I mean, well, I still dig it. I want some. I think it's pretty fun. I want some tinsel and beehive hairdos. <laughs> like, I never really associated beehive hairdos with Christmas magic, but, but now I am. But now, <laughs> you know, now that I see these women, I'm just like, I want to be like you. Well, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you, I, I think that's an attainable dream. I think wow. you can make sure. goddess. I think you Christmas, can make that happen. Christmas goddess. Sure. Yeah. Or Hanukkah, depending. Yeah. Yeah. It's a holiday season. Hopefully, you know, whatever, whatever you celebrate, you just get in the magical holiday 
mood. Yeah. Um, celebrate something. Celebrate, you know, winter solstice. We're all about it. You know, it's just, it's a joyful time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What are your guys' favorite mm. holiday films? Ooh. Uh, mine's mine's Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh. Also my favorite movie in good, general of all good time. Choice. It's good so choice. good. I've probably seen it like a thousand times. I like uh Christmas story. Just because I grew up on that classic, they play it for the twenty four hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love how how they do that, and you're like having Christmas with your family, and you just have it on all day, and so you never actually sit down and watch the whole movie. Oh. <laughs> you just catch like chunks of it, and by the end of the day, you've watched all of a Christmas story. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mine is definitely Home Alone. I oh, love. Yeah. I love Home Alone. That's I could watch that movie any time of the year. Little Macaulay Culkin. God, he's so cute. Very cute. So precocious. And then my... He has beautiful long hair now. He's just a great, great actor. And I just enjoy him so much. Yeah. And he was just such a precocious child. And <laughs> I love how there was just a little bit little bit of darkness about him. You For know? sure. He's got a little bit he's of got, darkness. He's got a, he's got a lot of darkness yeah, now. Yeah, we all saw... <laughs> yeah. Well, did you guys see... The, when you saw... Did you see The Good Son? That was a terrifying yes. film. Yes. <laughs> dark. Um, but, no, I... But honestly, Home Alone, Home Alone was pretty dark. Yeah, too. like they forgot him. And then Multiple he had, times. They had to fend off burglars. Like, what were 90s kids movies, honestly? Honestly, uh, but I just think Home Alone is a magical movie. Oh, it's and, you know, love it. It's a good one. It's, it's good. It's, you know, it is good. It, it is a classic one. Oh, also, uh, The Santa Claus is on Netflix. Oh, I like The Santa Claus. Oh, shh. With I totally Tim Allen. forgot about Tim The Allen, Santa man. Claus. Dude, Tim And then Allen. they made more later, and I was like, no. You, you know what? Left it. I'm gonna watch the Santa Claus tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch the Santa Claus. It took oh. me so many years to understand, like, because it's the Santa Claus with an E, like C L A U S E. Yeah, and it's like there's the clause because yeah. it like it's like a contract. It yeah. took me years to pick up. I mean, that. that was far too advanced for us when it came out. I was like Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. Here, honestly, exactly. honestly, I'm pretending like I knew that this whole time. I literally <laughs> just now learned about that just the second. I was like, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you fooled me. Uh, yeah. You didn't even have to admit that. None. I know, none but of us you know what? I, I I want to tell the truth. Yeah, yeah you got to be real. Hey, <laughs> it was really late in the game that I figured that one out. It took a while. You know what, dude? It wasn't important. What's important <laughs> is that we got to see Tim Allen get real fat and. Uh, <laughs> It was very funny. I, I enjoyed it. What's yeah. important is the magic of the season. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there's a reason for the season. There's a reason for the season. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, yes. about some, in, some magical things in visual culture. Magical holiday wintery things. Yes. 
Yes. So uh, what I'm going to be talking about is the artist Kay Nielsen. If you haven't heard of Kay Nielsen, you aren't the only one. He uh, isn't super well known, but he is one of the more prolific artists from what's called the Golden Age of Illustration, which uh, was predominantly in the 19th century when mass books were being produced with all of these illustrations. The majority of these books were on different fairy tales and folklore from various, largely, of course, European cultures. But so Kay Nielsen, so he was born in Denmark in 1886. While he was working, the various art periods that he was a part of and also inspired include Art Nouveau, later Art Deco. He lived and worked in Denmark, later England, as well as America, and when he was in America, he was in Hollywood working for Disney. And um, I like to call him the dude that was too dark for Disney. So this is because he worked in um, illustrations for Fantasia. The main scenes are Ave Maria, which we'll put a link up for, and then A Night on Bald Mountain. (laughs) It is so cool. That's the one with like the winged demon and all the skeletons rising up and they're like writhing around and getting ready to jump into hell. (laughs) It's cool. I think it's probably the first time I ever conceptualized what hell would look like was watching Fantasia as a little kid and watching that scene and just thinking, this is so cool. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. That was, man. Yeah. What a guy. I know. And so this is really characteristic of a lot of um, Nielsen's work in that he drew a lot from fantasy, but was dark. He really embraced the darkness that was kind of inherent in a lot of these fairy tales that were then adapted by corporations like Disney who really happified them. So they took these fairy tales that were intentionally dark and disturbing in a lot of ways and made them more kind of applicable to children and easier for children. And Kay Nielsen wasn't really on that train. He didn't believe that fairy tales should not scare children. And because of that, he was eventually let go from Disney. And he went back to Denmark and died in poverty eventually in 1957. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's a really... Bummer. Really big bummer. Um, You can see traces of him, like I said, in those clips from Fantasia. He did some early conceptual work for The Little Mermaid and was also brought back briefly to provide some um, consulting ideas for Sleeping Beauty. But for the most part, he just couldn't make it work in Hollywood with Disney because he was just he was just too dark. And he kind of went down in terms of being popular and then reemerged more highly valued for his illustrations in the 70s, a little over a decade after he died. But we still have a lot of examples of his illustrations. And the main one that I'm going to be talking about is a compilation of Norwegian fairy tales. It's named East of the Sun and West of the Moon. That is only one of the fairy tales included in here, but it's the name of the overall collection. And I have my book here that they published celebrating the 100th year anniversary of the original publish of these fairy tales with all of the illustrations and it's beautiful and it's just like very 
cold and wintry and dark and magical. And so I got to get this book. It's fantastic. It's so beautiful. Yeah, like, and it came out just a, in February, so it oh, came out this year. It is such a beautiful book. Yeah. Old Tales from the North. <laughs> yeah, from the North. And it looks like from the North. I mean, something is... <laughs> and I'm, this came from the North. There's, there's a very strong North <laughs> vibe I know it sounds funny, but I mean, I'm just saying, if oh, you yeah. look at this, you'll be like, I know what she means. Yes. Oh, yeah. When we post the images, you'll be like, oh, yes, the North. <laughs> uh, okay. Hopefully so, our listeners in the North agree with us. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, not at all. No. We mean that in the most complimentary way because this, this shit's beautiful. But so this was originally um, published in the 1840s. And it was published by two guys, and I'm not great at pronouncing Norwegian names. Oh, so it's hard. Bear with me. Kristen Asbjørnsen. 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 And Jorgen. Jorgen. Engebretsen Mo. I like if you like take on the accent, then it just kind of rolls out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Jorgen Engebretsen Mo. That was horrible. So I'm going to just call them Kristen and Mo. Oh, Chris- Kristen and Mo. So in the 1840s, what they did was they traveled through Norwegian villages, and these were primarily like very remote kind of more rural peasant villages because this is where they felt they would get the most authentic kind of narrative um, folklore from areas of Norway. Oh, so cool. And so they would travel largely on foot through these villages collecting stories of witches and trolls and giants and bears who turned into princes and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. And there are certainly, like, really strong roots in pagan Norse mythology, uh, which you can see in a lot of these illustrations and the specific stories, the kind of Norse influence is very much present. And so they were inspired by the Brothers Grimm. And so this was kind of their response to Germanic fairy tale storytelling tradition with uh, Norway's own version of that. And so it really captures the legacy of Norwegian storytelling, and they acted to actually establish a greater sense of cultural heritage for Norway. At the time, they had just recently become semi-independent from other rulers, such as Denmark, and they gained, they only gained semi-independence from Denmark in 1814, and they did not gain full independence until 1905. So this was kind of tapping into what they felt were the real authentic Norwegian people in these very remote peasant villages and trying to record this narrative storytelling cultural history of Norway as a way of trying to build up Norway's kind of national identity or cultural identity. So nine years after Norway's independence, a London publishing house decided to publish a second version of these fairy tales comprised by our friends uh, Kristen and Mo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kristen Ab- as Bjorsen <laughs> and Jorgen and Engebretsen Mo. Yeah, see, see? That was yeah. Good. it kind of yeah. helps. Yeah, good. each time you say it, it 
it gets better. Angle, kind of. Angle, <laughs> so in the second version, it. they translated these fairy tales from the original guys and then added illustrations. And so this is when our guy Kay Nielsen comes in. So it's a bit ironic that a Danish artist, who Nielsen was, illustrated the collection since they were like, oh, we're independent from Denmark, but that's what happened. He really did an amazing job and illustrated 25 different works of art for the compilation of the fairy tales. Most of them are in color. There are also some black and white illustrations. So what can we kind of say generally about the illustrations from East of the Sun, West of the Moon? The preface of my version of the book, which, as I said, came out just in February, they describe it in this really nice way, so I'm just going to quote it here. So he, Nielsen, brings a Nordic coolness and aloofness to the beautifully conceived and elongated figures costumed in his version of the traditional folk dress in Scandinavia. So Nordic coolness. <laughs> it it might not make sense when you hear it, but you just gotta see it. You feel like that should be it. like a Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nordic coolness. <laughs> but the illustrations are very ornate and decorative. They're imaginative and creative uh, and magical, but like I mentioned a bit at the beginning in terms of his own experience uh, being kind of cast out from Disney, they are dark. They're, he's not trying to shy away from the darkness, any kind of malevolence or danger that is part of these fairy tales, and because of that, it is part of his illustrations. You know, these are very narrative illustrations partly because of his own style, and then also, of course, because they are put into a book of fairy tales. So they have to be very expressive, and they have to relate to the tales that are being told, which, in my opinion, he really does, or did, uh, quite effectively. So he was also inspired by Japanese art, and what he took from Japanese art, in this case, was how space was conveyed, largely by figures uh, being rendered in different proportions, creating a kind of contrasting negative space. Growing up in Denmark, his mom was a star in the Royal Danish Theater, and he also went to see a lot of ballet. So a lot of these illustrations, and you can see it in some of the examples, that the backgrounds are depicted in a way that looks like a theater set. So like set design, where things are very ornate and they're layered in a way like you can imagine that they're being pulled in by like stage hands. And then the figures in his illustrations are very kind of elongated and elegant and graceful like these ballerinas that he was watching as a child growing up in Denmark. So those are really huge things that he pulled from and he did do stage theater set design and that was a big part of his life, and that is certainly something that translated into these illustrations. In addition to that, there's a lot of cool colors, lots of dark blues, light blues, whites, greens, and you know, depictions of snow, and you really get a sense of the cold in a lot of these illustrations. And, you know, if you've ever been to Norway or heard much about it, it's pretty fucking cold there. I haven't been, but I've heard. <laughs> I've heard it's cold. And you can see that. And um, I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't handle the cold. It's probably like 30 degrees here at the lowest at night. 
And the, yeah. I don't even think we've hit that. I think we've stayed oh, in like the forties. Right. Honestly, today, tonight, I was like, oh, I can't. Like it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> My people back home are dealing with like negative thirty degree temps. So no, sorry guys. <laughs> no, no. Move to California. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of the world that Kane Nielsen is illustrating, but adding then these trolls and witches and wraiths and giants from these stories into kind of that very Norwegian backdrop. Can I look at it? Yeah, of course. Look at the picture. Yeah, we can talk about some specific pictures. There's so many good ones to choose from. Pretty magic thing. I can talk a little bit about Kay Nielsen wrapping up a bit more on what he did after Disney. So he worked primarily as a muralist after he was laid off by Disney, and then later as a chicken farmer. Ooh. Because shit was really going down (laughs) for him, unfortunately. And like I said earlier, he did come back briefly and helped out with some early concept ideas for Sleeping Beauty. But when he died in his 70s, he was poor and still widely unknown. But this revived interest emerged in the 70s, and his illustrations from East of the Sun, West of the Moon are still like really highly circulated. And he also did illustrations for Brothers Grimm, Hansel and Gretel, things like that. So he was fairly prolific for a large part of that, but was just not really able to recover after being let go from Disney. The particular fairy tale that the book is named after is a story about a giant white bear comes to this peasant girl and her family and says, how much for your daughter? I need a wife and I will make you as rich as you are now poor. And they were like, okay, sounds good. What does that even mean? (laughs) I will make you as rich as you are now poor. That is incredibly vague. It's fairy tale lingo. You're so poor that he's going to make you so rich. Yeah, I I think think that's what that means. I I mean, I think that's the intention, but I don't think that that gets across with that. No. No, no. Yeah. You are, it's all very, you're very poor now. Yeah. And then you'll be rich. Well, what's rich in that? Like, it's all relative. Exactly. I think that you're going to get scammed. Yeah. Is what's going to I mean, I when so these too. deals are struck in fairy tales, oh. there's always obscure language because oh, definitely. you're going to get screwed, essentially, For because sure. this girl married a polar bear. But it turns out he was a prince. <laughs> 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 but she wasn't supposed to look at him, and of course she does, which we can see in other myths or fairy tales as well, and myths. And so she has to go find him in this castle that's so far, it's east of the sun, west of the moon. And she rescues him, and then they escape, and they take all the silver and the gold and flitted away as far away as they could from the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. And there's an illustration of that, and they're on a... What are you guys doing? I'm just... Just taking pictures of. I'll talk of, about that of the dirty illustration. I'll talk <laughs> yeah, about there's it. There's a really it's good not one in dirty. here. It's dirty. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's gorgeous. All right. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So east. So oh god, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Uh, east of the sun, north. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Let me flip to the east of the sun, okay. north of the moon. Right? <laughs> Nordic coolness. <laughs> is 
spectrum. east of the sun and west of the moon. Oh, don't, so, don't go north of the moon. There's a beautiful illustration of the peasant girl turned princess rescuing her prince who is no longer a bear. Oh, woo. And they're fleeing from the castle on this like beautiful like Nordic sword rainbow bridge. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> It's like, yeah. but it's it's just it's so pretty magical, so detailed. And when you look at these illustrations from him, the amount of time that he put into all of the fine, minute detail and all these little shapes, and attention to how like the layering of the shapes hit one another, and the colors are just like so vibrant and beautiful that just looking through them, you you really kind of get transported to a lot of these sort of magical faraway places that he's representing. And he also did illustrations that were not for fairy tales. One that we were looking at because we're 15 year olds. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it's, it's very sweet actually. So he illustrated a, is it a locket? Is that what it says? Yeah, yeah. it's a locket. locket. It's a locket of two naked lovers and from 1914. And did you notice that the that the, the little man's, he has little horns like a satyr? Oh. He has little, little satyr horns. And he's just ever so gently um, supporting the breasts of his naked his lover. lover. Who's gently disrobing herself with a gauzy robe, even though they're probably in Norway and it's very cold. And they're going to but... kiss. <laughs> And behind them is a beautiful, ever so perfectly sloped tree, like a <laughs> like a curved tree. And the tree is very much giving them it feels like like some kind of like support or, sure, or like sure. you know, like Coverage. Being, like blessed by this tree. And uh, there's a little yes. there's a little golden phoenix in it. And it's yeah, just it's lovely. Very, it's very magical and romantic. It is. it is. And that's a lot of you see that in a lot of his illustrations where he can balance these different emotions like kind of romance, but also some sense of danger or mystery. Mystery. And the biggest thing that I see in his illustrations is just magic. And that's why I wanted to talk about him for this episode and share with you all some of his work. Because I, before, I never even had heard of him until around this time last year. And he's just really so incredible. And yeah, we're just, we keep looking through the book. <laughs> we, I can't stop looking through it. It's so beautiful. It um, is. Yeah, we'll put, you we'll can, obviously put some of these. And up you can see again. the influence of, you know, his Aubrey Beardsley. Going, yeah, Aubrey Beardsley was another artist around that same time who he was a contemporary with. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, Art Nouveau, some of that's sort of similar. Yeah. Similar aesthetic. Definitely. But, and you can see, like, the influence from the theater and the ballet with kind of this all of very his, and, like, costume cool. design. He put, put so much attention into kind of, like, the textiles and the detail of the fabric. This and, reminds me of Klimt. I'm getting, oh, like, yeah. a distinct, mm-hmm. like, Austrian vibe. Well, I was here. feeling that because there's one that has, like, a lot of gold in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and even just his... Like his signature mm-hmm. is very like Austrian Klimt Art Nouveau. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's um there there was the school. It was the Vienna Vienna School. Was that what it was called? Um, so it consisted of Vienna. The Vienna School was where Hitler didn't get into. No, right? no, no. Egon Schiele went there. 
Oh, no, I think I'm I'm thinking of a more of a distinct group. Here, can we? The Vienna Secession. From the late, late uh, 19th century. So artists like Gustav Klimt and Josef Hoffmann, Otto Wagner. Although this artist was not from Vienna or Austria. Nielsen is still seeing these works, though, certainly mm-hmm. yeah. in this time. So these would have been contemporaries for yeah. him. Man, sure. I just want to look at this book, you guys. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And they did a great job with this. The preface has a lot of information on Nielsen by several different authors. And just the way that they compiled the book and in total is really, really well done. I think you can actually find this on Amazon. I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get this book. and uh, Or if you happen to see it. At a bookstore, just sit there and look at it for a few yeah. hours because get lost or get some it. prints of his and just put them in your house, and it'll be like wintry magical domain. <laughs> Lots of trolls. There's these yeah funny looking three headed trolls with some pretty interesting noses. shaped noses. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny, like, you know, winter, we just associate with these sort of, like, Nordic scenes yeah. and this sort of uh, aesthetic of the cool colors and the elongated figures. And I think that it's interesting to consider how very recently many peoples, especially if you're from a European origin, you your history's not too far away from a lot of pagan ritual that would yeah. take place around right. this time, right. um, which makes for great fairy tale um, totally. material. Yeah. And that's like, in all of these fairy tales, definitely the Norse kind of pagan undertones are there for, for sure. sure. So that is... Kay Nielsen, I hope if he were to hear this, he would be proud. <laughs> so I think we're going to kind of, I mean, it's it's definitely kind of related, but kind of switch gears a little bit and talk briefly about some maybe lesser known associations with the holiday season, some, some figures that are part of um, holiday Christmas folklore that we don't really talk about as much. I like that we're talking about these sort of Norse roots to a lot of what we consider to be these pagan rituals that we still celebrate today. So Christmas, Christmas 101, we learn that uh, a lot of the things that we do, like putting up the tree or, you know, the the wreaths on the doors and all the little stuff that we kind of do for Christmas really does have these strong pagan associations and i love that it wasn't even that long ago honestly that um christmas had a little bit of a dark side well i think christmas still has a dark side if we consider (laughs) the whole like appropriation of the pagan you know ceremonies and rituals and well christmas um, honestly 
like, because I just watched a documentary on the history of Christmas, and it of was, you did. of course, <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> it was very like for a very long time. It was really like Bacchanalian. Like it was a <gasps> yeah, dude. It was a crazy, crazy party. Like. It, all yes. sorts of sex and drinking. Yes. And, and I it, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That brings me to my yeah, point definitely. here. So I want to talk about a little fact right now. We're actually in the middle of um, Saturnalia. So Saturnalia is not very different than our Bacchanalia little survey <laughs> into some uh, pagan revelry that would take place at certain times of the year. The Saturnalia could honestly be considered just another kind of Bacchanalia. So sure, in this sense, though, um, Bacchus is not the focus, but rather Saturn. So the, the Roman deity of Saturn is associated with um, harvest and agriculture. And so it end of the year, there would be a big celebration to um, hope for success in agriculture and other affairs for um, the Romans. And so Saturnalia was the ancient Roman festival then in honor of the deity Saturn. So it begins on December 17th and ends on the 23rd. Those of us that observe a lot of like pagan holidays, there's people I know of people that are having Saturnalia. Really? Little little fun stuff. We'll do a little fun stuff. <laughs> um, specifically, I just learned this, okay? I have a source. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of um, the, like, you know, kink community yeah. people mm-hmm. will engage in parties for Saturnalia. And so, once again, much like the Bacchanalia, the Saturnalia is just a whole big celebration. It would begin with a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn. Obviously, we're talking ancient times, um, so not so much today. But (laughs) um, So this idea of coming together, having a big public banquet, followed by a private gift-giving, continual partying, a carnival atmosphere... Mm. Um, And during this time, social norms are overturned. So in the case of the Romans, gambling was permitted. Masters would actually provide table service for their slaves. What? And the slaves would be permitted to eat before their masters. So, yeah, fun times for the slaves. (laughs) Um, So this is one aspect of what is a overall role reversal that takes place during Saturnalia and something like a behavioral license. So if you're a slave, you can mouth off to your master and um, not worry about the threat of punishment. Hmm. So during this time, you would exclaim, Eo Saturnalia, or if (laughs) you want to use the Latin pronunciation, it would be more of a Yo Saturnalia. So that's just fun. So this idea of the role playing status reversals, they would even wear like masks or or go in in costumes. So a lot of this sort of role playing like carries over into more modern Saturnalia celebration. And I like this. This is from the Wikipedia page on Saturnalia. It was rampant overeating and drunkenness became the rule and the sober person the exception 
not much has changed um, <laughs> in the ways that we celebrate the holidays today, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, December 19th was the gift giving period. So that was hmm. the day where you gave the gift. It was called Sigil- Sigilaria, but it was the day of gift giving. And so gifts tended to be modest pottery or wax figurines because you wanted to avoid giving away um, your status. So if you were giving away bomb gifts, you weren't playing by the rules of this sort of topsy-turvy world that is the Saturnalia. Also, in a practice that is kind of comparable to the greeting cards that we send now (laughs) for Christmas, gifts would often come with a verse. So some some little little poem, little jingle that was accompanying the gifts. And uh, another fun fact: Saturnalia would have a king of the Saturnalia. So it was a oh, yeah, yeah, dope. There was a master of what is that called? The um, prom king? No, no, no. More of like a the master of the festivities, master Ooh. of ceremonies. There you go, master of ceremonies called this the Saturnalius princeps. Cool. And he would give the commands as like, you know, grab him and throw him in the lake or, you know, <laughs> go smack that donkey. It could be anything, you know, and, and Emperor Nero, before oh, he was the emperor, when he was in his youth still as a child, was the uh, Saturnalius princeps. That must have been a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and then he that must have ruined the, everyone's night. And then night. he became the emperor and that was him <laughs> every day. <laughs> God. Some other fun pagan stuff. I mean, so it's also Yule, okay? So Yule is more from the Yuletide, Yule time. It's a, a festival observed by Germanic peoples. And so that would have been used in the Nordic countries. And that's just essentially the same in the same sort of vein hmm. of a, a jubilee of the winter times and having a great feast and lots of sex and drinking and just having a good old time. <laughs> and you know, what I like is that although many of these festivities are not really observed today, we still remember one guy. And that's the, uh, that's Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed over the last like 10 years or so, Krampus has made a comeback. <laughs> We're seeing Krampus Christmas sweaters, Krampus movies. Yeah, there was a whole... There whole was, movie about Krampus. There was Krampus. a movie. I did not see it. I didn't either. <laughs> but Krampus is this horned, anthropomorphic, half-goat, half-demon, who was, in contrast to Santa Claus or St. Nicholas, St. Nicholas comes around, rewards the good children, Krampus shows up, and punishes the bad children. And depictions of Krampus are just kind of terrifying, but they're just great. He's got this crazy body. So one hoof is that of like a horse, but the other foot is like a beast. And he carries around these chains that are presumably to chain up the bad children. He has a basket that he'll put you in when you're bad. And this crazy goat face, like human face with the goat ears and the goat he reminds me of Black Phillips. Black Phillips! Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh. If you haven't seen The Witch, you need to see it. Super good. It's so good. Black Phillip, beautiful goat. It's a <laughs> gorgeous goat. 
Krampus is always shown of his tongue hanging out. It's real creepy. But this whole idea of the goat as the marker of the pagan. And y'all know how we feel about witches. And um, I just love that we're still engaging with these pagan sort of ideas. And I think that that's, it's important to remember that Christmas is this multifaceted cultural amalgamation of beliefs. And altogether, you know, we're celebrating family and, and traditions. And one last word, Modronit. Who's heard of Modronit? This is so cool. Not I. Modronit. It's the night of the mothers or mother's night. It was an event held on what is now Christmas Eve by the Anglo-Saxon pagans. And they would have made a, a, a sacrifice. And, and it was really sort of a celebration of this like female matron figure. And once again, I, I really do feel like a lot of what was going on in many of these pagan rituals was there was a lot of celebration of female mm. sexuality and, and sexualities. And and I just think that a lot of the suppression of these rituals makes me sad because it takes away the sort of aspect of celebrating all these other aspects of human culture that go into our different holidays. But so what exactly was this? Was this around like wintertime? Yeah, or? this was on what we know to be Christmas Eve now. Oh, nice. And it was celebrated by um, Anglo-Saxon peoples. And it was a celebration of mothers or the matron. And there was known to be a matron cult of the West Germanic peoples that would have celebrated during the time, this period of Yule. And so would this night... Um, was like sort of the culmination of a lot of this celebration. So much cool stuff to think about around this time. Go check out all kinds of different possible Christmas meanings to you. Look up the word Christmas. <laughs> Let's look it up. <laughs> I am just going to talk briefly about a very specific character in folklore who I think is totally bomb and super important because we don't have enough interesting dynamic female figures in really any of our Christmas stories. There is a figure in Italian folklore known as the Befana, and she is an Italian Christmas witch. Yes, which, that is so cool. <laughs> which is just like amazing. So in terms of where this this whole idea comes from. There are similar stories found in Russian folklore in which she is referred to as the babushka. Ah, um, ah yes. Yes. Um, and there's also suggestions that it comes from a, a pagan place or that the Befana is perhaps a Christian version of the ancient Roman goddess of the new year, Stranua. But basically, she is, okay, so how the story goes, at least in like kind of the Christian tradition, is the Befana is not particularly friendly because, she, I couldn't understand this, but she was always sweeping. She was like, I guess that's the mark of an angry woman. She, she was just, always sweeping. She was like sweeping compulsively, like sweeping all the time. Damn. And she is visited by the three kings. They get lost on their way to the birth of Jesus. And she's visited by them, and she's invited to come to, like, the birth, but she's too busy sweeping or something. <laughs> you can just 
um, y'all gonna miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, so she doesn't go um, to the birth. But then, I don't know, the, the story, there's kind of like a jump in the story. But she ends up... Yeah, like, <laughs> she's older than Jesus? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> um, so there's kind of this weird connection to the Christian story of Jesus, which makes sense. It was most likely probably just taken over by, like, Christian propaganda yeah. and, like, made into a Christian story. But anyway, she's still around, like, in Italian culture. She's still a figure. Like, I was watching a video on YouTube of, like, a, a Befana who was doing this whole, like, performance and, like, telling the story and stuff to kids recently, like, like in <laughs> Oh, Rome. yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's still um, a figure very much like our Santa Claus. And she's kind of a female substitute for Santa. She's an old woman and she goes around and, and on the night before January 6th, which is the Feast of the Epiphany, she goes around and she leaves candy and small toys if you're good or coal if you're bad. Wow. Sound familiar. And this is like the best part. The families leave her sausages and broccoli and, Fuck yeah. And a glass of wine. What? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I yeah. could break into your house and leave you some toys. I would so, so much rather have so, that than milk and cookies. Exactly. Yeah, me, I want some wine and sausages and broccoli right now, actually. <laughs> For real. So, like, there's a lot of different places that this folklore came from. But, like I said, it's still fairly prevalent in, like, Italian tradition. It seems like it kind of disappeared for a while, but now people are calling for a comeback because she's a totally badass figure. Um, and she's essentially just like this powerful mystic lady Santa Claus that like drinks wine and she's my hero. So, <laughs> so that's the Befana. Wow. Um, she's great. She's amazing, pretty much. So, wow. So we're all for, for bringing her back into our Christmas traditions. We suggest you do the same. But I think, like, exactly like what Jen was saying before, like, Christmas is a cool time. It's a time to be with friends and family and to celebrate. But it can also, like, there's so much history all around the world that goes into this holiday season. Like, start your own traditions and make it fun and make it magical. And, like, yeah, just, like, have fun with it. I worry about the people that don't really have anyone to celebrate with or are, like, like, you know, maybe they're, maybe you're Jewish and you don't really celebrate Christmas or or you're an atheist and you don't feel like you're in the Christmas spirit because you don't believe in, you know, the biblical origins of the holiday. There are so many other cool stories and traditions surrounding this time of the year. So exactly, like, don't feel left out. <laughs> Christmas, I mean, like, it, you can obviously celebrate it according to biblical tradition if that's what you're into. But it's older than that oh, much as older. a celebration. Yeah. So it you don't have to have that connection to it Yeah, at all. human beings, it gets cold and we want to <laughs> drink and have sex and be merry. You know, be merry and, <laughs> and hope mm-hmm. that we'll live through the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Stay warm, be merry, be with good people, Dang. and, you know, celebrate, like, the, the reason for the season. Be giving. I think mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah. Like share try and... to find some magic out there guys yeah there's try to a... find some trolls <laughs> find some trolls and some christmas witches and <laughs> find a norse troll <laughs> go find 
find some trolls. That's that's gonna when I have kids. That's gonna They're be in the woods. That's gonna be our our Christmas yeah. morning tradition. We're yeah. gonna go look for trolls. Oh, for can't trolls wait and offer them some nog. Yes, <laughs> you know, um, let them uh, watch the the Santa Claus with you. And, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they might just really enjoy that. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like the ideal Christmas morning. Honestly, <laughs> also if you want to write in and tell us about your fun Christmas traditions if you have like unique ones or you connect with any you know oh yeah maybe less common celebration of the season oh yeah tag us on something on instagram yeah let's, uh, let's see what you're doing you out can, there you can tag us at art history babes podcast you can email us and you know continue the conversation about cool traditions let's do a listener mail, a very special listener mail. Truly special. Truly special. We're talking about giving and, and <laughs> yeah. kind people. So we're going to do a quick listener mail. All right. So this listener mail came with an illustration, beautiful drawing, which we will talk about after the red letter has been read. Okay. Dear AHBs. I love it. <laughs> Please find enclosed your desired drawing. I thought to myself, when the sketch was going old school, I may as well do it justice and write an old school letter. (laughs) Just shy of a quill and written in candlelight. (laughs) I really enjoy your cast. Cast. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Not just for the great content, but also for the sincerity and passion and how your personalities lack any of the usual stuffy, pompous attributes. In short, you're all great. Art in Ireland is becoming increasingly diverse despite both North and South recovering from economic hardships like everywhere else and their uncle. True. Last year, I began a project that involved interviewing emerging and established artists based in Northern Ireland. It was on SoundCloud, and I called it Loft Talk. There was a good response, but due to personal reasons, it had to be put in hiatus. Since things have calmed down, you guys have sparked my interest in continuing in the new year. I hope to start an all-Ireland podcast dedicated to visual art. Amazing! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll listen to it. In talks with museums, galleries, art studios, and artist organizations about um, funding grants, etc., have a good friend in Berlin who has offered her expertise in contemporary art, mediums, and applications. Mini rant over. (laughs) In short, it's down to the art history babes that a potential Irish visual art... Arts podcast is in the cards. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. You are so welcome. That's fucking amazing. It is. Uh, hopefully, a cross Atlantic collaboration may be on the Woo! cards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, baby. We're down. We want to. I eagerly await the next episode. Working on my sketchbook isn't the same without your interesting and hilarious company. Oh. Kind regards, Brian. 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 We just. We simply adore you. Yeah. And you have great handwriting, by the way. (laughs) Fabulous. Oh, look at this. And this drawing is so great. It's titled, Learn to Pick Yourself Up. (laughs) And it's a person who looks like they're having a hard time getting out of bed or or something. And I think that's something we can all relate to. And also reminds me. It reminds me a bit of St. Teresa and Ecstasy by Yeah. Yeah. No, there's something sensual about it. It's beautiful. You know what? She looks like, yeah, I fell, but it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, there's definitely something something intense going on there. But yeah, it's very um, kind of bare bonesy, like like mm-hmm. kind of minimalist. minimalist. Yeah, minimalist. but like at the same time abstracted. It's great. It's very cool. Hands yeah. down, I love it. Yeah. Thank you, thank so you very much. very much, wow. Ryan. Thank you. And do keep us posted on your own podcast progress. Yeah, definitely. We would definitely be down to do some type of collaboration. That would be great. Thank you so much. Everybody have a safe and happy holiday. If you want to talk to us, you can. <laughs> you, can you know how to reach us, You can right? find us on everything. <laughs> uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, our website. Was I going to say something else? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can also, if you're in the giving mood this giving season, oh. you can also hit up our Patreon. We mm-hmm. have a Patreon. We have a Patreon.com slash Art History Babes where... You can help us continue to create this content and put it out there. And we love anyone who is willing to help even the slightest bit. Anything helps. It really, it really does. It's really great when you guys support us both with your kind words and your just deep appreciation makes us appreciate you yeah so. and spreading the word a lot of you have been so great at like yeah. putting us out there and man we that, really that appreciate meme, it i love i love the memes <laughs> like i i'm pro pro meme yeah pro art history babes memes so all day funny. i laughed so. <laughs> I really did but thank you so much to for listening to our special holiday episode have fun exploring Nielsen. Yeah, may your yes enjoy Nielsen. I hope you all do. And may <laughs> may your your days be merry and bright. Truly. I had a pretty intense eggnog experience very recently, so yeah. be aware. Mm. <laughs>